our hands for a moment. Lord, in this moment together, we just thank you, Lord, for your word, that it's powerful, it's transformative, Lord God. It changes mindsets, Lord God. It helps us to live in alignment with your will. Your word builds us, it encourages us, Lord. It's the foundation of your church, Lord God. Your word is powerful, Lord God, when it's spoken. Your promises, Lord God, remind us of how much you love us, Lord, and you care for us, Lord. Lord, it undergirds everything that we do, everything that we believe, Lord God. We thank you for your word, Lord God. Your letters to us, Lord God, your promises to us. And I pray that today that your word, Lord God, would transform us again today, Lord God. It would encourage and build us, Lord God. And we just invite your word to have its work in our hearts and in our lives today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may take a seat this morning. Turn to the person next to you and tell them they look incredibly good looking. Really emphasize the incredibly. Turn to the person on the other side and tell them they've got some work to do. Pray for a miracle. Lay hands on them if you need to. <laughs> Welcome to City Church this morning. It's great to have you with us today and in this beginning of this Christmas season through December and we are really excited for all that God is going to do uh, in these next few weeks together and uh, excited this year to have a Christmas Day service as well which will be, be fun together celebrating and all of the Christmas things over this month. It's going to be great. Well, this morning I want to speak a message if you're taking notes and want to go to heaven. The title of this message is Faith Carriers and faith containers. Faith carriers and faith containers. Let me say that one more time. Faith carriers and faith containers. Who knows that God has called us to be people of faith, men and women of faith. In fact, the Bible calls us the household of faith. He calls us to walk by faith. He calls us to live by faith. He calls us to believe by faith. We are, by definition of the Bible, we are faith people. In fact, it says in Romans 1.17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous, you and I, will live by faith. That's the calling upon our life, faith on the inside of us. When we walk into situations, we walk in with a perspective of faith. And not, not a dormant, contained faith, but a faith that is carrying God's promises, carrying God's purposes, believing for God to break out in every moment. And so we are not faith containers where we are containing the promises of God, where we are containing the miracles of God, where we are containing the Word of God, where we are holding back. We are carriers. We are called to let it loose, to contribute our faith, to make sure we share our faith, to stir up our faith, to share far and wide this message of the gospel that has transformed our lives. See, there's something so beautiful about faith that is shared. I have in my hands some dairy milk Cadbury chocolate. Now it's good, isn't it? It tastes delicious. It's nutritious in faith. We believe that. It's so tasty, I can't even open it. But it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to eat some 
dairy milk chocolate. And it's something at this time of year, we have so much food that we love to share, we love to eat, we love to make sure that we can pass on to family and friends and those that are around us. In fact, I'm going to pass some on now. Let's have some chocolate this morning. It's cholesterol free. You can go for it. Come on, guys, let's get in there. Let's get some chocolate. Oh, you've just taken four pieces. Come on. Be generous to yourself. Let's go. Whatever you need to do. We're going we're gonna to pass it on. Take a row over here. Why don't you just pass that along to the front row? Isn't it great to be on the front row? <laughs> and, and, and chocolate is a great example of faith. It's meant to be experienced. It's meant to be tasted. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be contributed. That chocolate was designed not to sit on a shelf. That chocolate was designed not to stay in its wrapper. That chocolate was designed not to be put on a mural, on a wall. That chocolate was designed to be tasted, experienced, eaten, shared. Make sure that it goes far and wide and that people experience the great taste of Cadbury chocolate. I'm not even talking about the gospel. I'm just talking about chocolate at the moment. And it's to be shared. It's to be experienced, and faith is exactly the same thing. Faith is something that we should experience day in, day out. We are walking by faith. We are people of faith. We, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We are experiencing faith. And so when we're a faith people, we understand the truth that this is to be experienced and shared and contributed. But unfortunately, what can happen is in our Christian experience at times, we can find our faith locked up and contained. See, if the enemy can stop you having faith at all whatsoever, he will do that. But if he, can, if he can't do that, then he'll take the next step, which is just to contain your faith. I've even got some wrap on here. I've, I've tied it up so it can't get out. It's in a container. It wants to be experienced, but it's stuck. It's contained. And the enemy loves to do that with our life. It says in John 10, 10, the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. All of those things are to contain you, to contain your God-given purpose, to contain your faith, to contain your belief for miracles, to contain your sense that the impossible is possible with Jesus, to contain your vision, to hold you back, to keep you small, to keep you limited, to keep you without vision. That's the goal of the enemy. But the promise of God is that he come to give us life. Zoe life, uncontained life to the full, joy, hope, peace, abundant and overflowing in our life that we would no longer be contained, that we would experience everything God has for us, that we would taste and see as, we, as Johanna shared so beautifully this morning, that we would understand what it means to be in that promised land of life and hope in Jesus. And God wants that for your life. He wants you to taste just like those people on the front row did. All that he has for you. I don't know where the chocolate's at, but keep sharing it around. Go for it. And it's to be experienced. And we shouldn't live contained. And I want to ask you this morning, what are you believing for? That maybe you've allowed yourself to be contained. The enemy's tried to restrain you and hold you back. And you've got faith, but it's just a dormant faith. Well, today... 
This morning is an opportunity to say, no, I'm going to take the barrier off. The lid is coming off today. I'm allowing active faith to come. We've got some active faith volcanoes that are going to be coming out of this place today where we are believing again. We're seeing again. We're trusting God again. We're building confidence in God and believing. I love William Booth. He said this. He said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. I love that. I'm not waiting for it. I am the move of God. As I walk in faith, believing and trusting, doors open. As I walk in faith, believing, miracles happen. As I walk in faith, declaring, mountains move in Jesus' name. Things change, things transform. Problems bow the knee to the name of Jesus. And we walk into the promises of God. And I'm believing for that, for you and for me, that we wouldn't understand. We're not called to be contained. We're called to be a carrier. There's something on the inside of you. Faith that's alive and active and ready to move, ready to experience. Give me a negative person because I'm going to bring faith into it. Give me a problem because there's a God solution for it. Come on, give me a barrier and I'm going to break it down in Jesus' name because there's faith on the inside and it's not in my power. It's in the power of the name of Jesus, that dunamis power, his ability, his strength to move on our behalf. You were born to carry faith. Luke 5 is our key text today. If you want to come with me in your Bibles, Luke chapter 5 verse 17 tells an incredible story of faith. It says this, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. I'm just going to stop for a moment here. The Pharisees, if you look at what the word Pharisee actually means, the word Pharisee means to separate or divide. Now, they understood that in the the times that they lived as it was going to be something that they were understanding to separate and divide truth from untruth. But really, it was a prophecy about what those people were actually like. They caused division. They caused separation to God's church. They tried to cause confusion to different people. And these Pharisees had this religious spirit where they couldn't see Jesus even though he was in front of them. They couldn't see who he was. They couldn't understand the power of Jesus. They wanted to contain him. They wanted to hold him back. They wanted to make him a great teacher or a great religious man, but they could not bow the knee to understand he was the Son of God. He was Jesus the Messiah. He had power to save. They could not bring themselves to understand that. And in fact, in this passage here, we see it says here they were seated. And when we really understand the context of this passage, let me teach you how teaching would take place with a teacher. Could everyone stand up with, with me for a moment? A teacher or a rabbi or somebody that was teaching, and Jesus was obviously teaching in this moment, how it would take place in the times is that everybody in the crowd or the people that were around the teacher or the rabbi would stand and the teacher or the rabbi would sit. I actually like this model. <laughs> and he would sit and he would teach and he would make sure they understood the, the truths of the Bible. And no doubt in this moment, Jesus was doing that. He was sitting and teaching. And as a sign of disrespect, the Pharisees were seated too. Because they believed they had nothing to learn from this man. 
They believe they had nothing to learn from Jesus. You may be seated. Although, it is a great model. (laughs) And they would just be seated as Jesus was trying to teach. Again, they were containing His authority. They were containing what He was wanting to to do, what He was wanting, wanting to speak. They were judging it and not receiving it. It says here in the Lord's healing power, His dunamis, God potential, God ability, power was strongly with Jesus. Then it says in verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. It's interesting how sometimes people can stop faith. The crowd can get in the road of the miracle. It's interesting that sometimes our unbelief and the people that can speak negative things over us and over our future can sometimes hold us back from actually going to a higher place and believing God for the miracle because they stand in the way. And I think today is a day where we say, get out of the way and let's release the people of faith in Jesus' name. Verse 19 says, but they couldn't reach Him because of the crowd, so they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. I love these people. Verse 20 says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to them. I love this, seeing their faith. Hold on a second. Faith can be seen. What? That's revolutionary. Sometimes we can't see faith, but sometimes we can And faith can be seen by our actions, by our habits, by our experience. You know, you can sense faith in the room because there's action that goes behind our belief. When we come to worship Jesus Christ, it's not theory. It's an action of worshiping with adoration when the whole room is lost in abandonment to who God is and understanding His authority that He's changed the course of our life. Worship goes to another level. Faith is seen. You can experience when you're praying with people that believe miracles can happen. There's something different in that room. There's faith that is seen. These men's faith faith was seen by their action. They were carrying this man. And they went beyond just carrying him. They went up to the roof to be able to find a way to lower him down. There was action behind their faith. Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law, he comes to the containers again, said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to you, your sins are forgiven, or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. I love that. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. What a miracle. I love in this passage that Jesus firstly addresses this issue of sin. You would think, hey, Jesus, they've lowered them down. 
The miracle's going to happen. You've got a ready-made crowd. Everyone's ready. Let's do this miracle thing. And Jesus goes, hey, hold on a second. Let me just explain something to you. That the most important miracle happens in here. Forgiveness. Salvation. It's an internal miracle. In the context of the day, a, a paralyzed person was understood to be somebody that had sin in their life, maybe generational sin, or that's, their parents had sinned, or that sin, and it was a response to that. It was their, the result of their sin. And so Jesus firstly addresses that, gives dignity to the man, and doesn't, doesn't hold him back from that, but addresses the central issue here and says, your sins are forgiven. Just a reminder to everybody that was in that room, the Pharisees and the crowd alike, that he was the Son of God with the power to forgive sin. He wasn't contained. When he understood the truth of the matter was that this was bigger than just a physical miracle, it was about what was going to happen on the inside. And even for those that were watching on, it wasn't just the excitement of a physical miracle taking place, but it was a reminder that we serve a relational God that came to save us from our sins. No matter who we are or what we've done, God would forgive us of our sins. And I love that Jesus brings it back to that and reminds us. And so I want to look out of this passage. I just want to break it up a little bit over the next 10, 15 minutes or so and, and talk about three actions of a faith carrier. Three actions that we can apply in our life if we want to be faith carriers rather than faith containers. And the first one's this, number one, Faith carriers move towards Jesus. Let me say that again one more time. Faith carriers move towards Jesus. You know, it says in this passage, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat and they tried to take him inside to Jesus. Hold on a second, Ben. Don't we serve a God that is omnipresent? That is everywhere at all times, wherever we are. So what are you talking about moving towards Jesus? Well, yes, that is true. But when we look at the Word of God, we can see time and time again, Jesus says, come and follow me. The Bible talks about stay in step with the Spirit of God. Walk in the Spirit. It talks about drawing near to God and He will draw near to us. It's talking about the heart attitude that we have, that our direction would be towards Jesus Christ, that we would walk towards Him. And let me just say this, I think sometimes we can find ourselves in that container faith environment where we bear the name Christian, but perhaps we've stopped following Jesus. And what I mean by that is living an active faith that is actively living out our relationship with God, following the Spirit of God, drawing near to God, living the purposeful called life that we are meant to live. Perhaps we have contained our faith to merely a theology, merely a name, merely a Sunday service, merely just a moment with God once or twice a week rather than saying, I am fully immersed as a disciple of Jesus Christ, following Jesus. Perhaps we don't understand it because we don't follow Jesus in the flesh like the disciples did. But may our hearts be always following God, led by the Spirit, be prayerful, be worshipping, be allowing the Word to transform our lives, that we would be fully immersed disciples and followers of Jesus. That's what we're labeled as in Scripture, followers of Jesus. I actually like it better than Christian. 
because it reminds us of what we actually are. It takes away the religious phrase and reminds us that at the end of the day, it's you following Jesus that matters. We are followers of Jesus. You know, it says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. So perhaps we don't understand what that word faith means. It's really talking about confidence in God. If you've got confidence in someone, whether that's your marriage partner or boyfriend or girlfriend or or a friend or somebody that's teaching you and instructing you, if you've got confidence in that person, you will lean in and you will believe the best of that person. And when we've got confidence in God, we are taking that step of faith. We are beginning to walk and to live and to experience faith. We are moving towards Jesus. We can make many decisions that are helping us grow in confidence in God. Reading the Word, spending time with God, prayer, gathering together, fellowship, connect groups, all those different moments that we can do in our week, making personal decisions and living by convictions. They're all decisions that we can make that help us to walk in step with God, to walk towards God in our life. But equally, with the free will choice that we have, we can make choices to walk the other way. We can make choices to divert into doubt or divert into distraction, to divert into gossip, to divert into bitterness or unforgiveness, to divert into the things that can sometimes be like the rocks in our shoe and can cause us pain and hurt and distraction. And obviously, that's the goal of the enemy, to kill, steal and destroy. And so his his mission for your life is to do those three things and to take you off track from living the purposeful life that Jesus has called you to live. But it says here, Hebrews 10.35, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it has glorious and great reward. See, self-confidence has limited power, but God-confidence has unlimited power. When we put our confidence completely in Him, and allow Him to work in our lives, it's incredible how that can change our thinking, our focus, and our future as we begin to live that way. The second thing this morning is this, is faith carriers get above their problems. It says here, but they couldn't reach Him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus Whose house was this? Were they happy with somebody taking the tiles off the roof to lower Jesus down? I don't know, but these guys didn't care. There was a sense of saying, I'm not going to be limited by the rules here. I'm not going to be limited by the situation here. I'm not going to be limited by the crowd here. I'm not going to be limited by the religious leaders of the day here. I am going to be living unlimited, trusting Jesus to do a miracle. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get above the problem. And I wonder whether we could be the kind of people of faith that would look to the future, would look at the problems and the obstacles and say, you know what? I'm going to get above it in my spirit. I'm going to get above this. I'm going to get higher than this. You know, that says in Revelations, come up higher. I have things to show you. 
And I just believe that if we start to get higher and above these problems and get above these obstacles, we can actually start to live from the place God wants us to live as sons and daughters of the King. Can I say this? Sometimes getting above it doesn't mean the problem changes. Let that sink in for a moment. Sometimes the problem is still there, but you don't live underneath it anymore. You say, no, in my spirit, I live above this. Let me give you an example. My mum died on the 22nd of April, 1999. She died of leukemia and she battled long and hard for about an 18-month period. And I saw my mum go through this process of, of getting weaker and weaker. And I think there's a picture on the screen here. Here it is. There's a picture of my mum a few months before she passed. And I think I was about 11 years old at the time. And when I look at that picture of my mum, and you looked at other pictures of my mum, you really, she looks a shell of herself compared to what she would look like in any of the photos when she was healthy and well. But when I look at this picture, I think about not what she looks like on the outside, but I think about how big she was on the inside. Because she was suffering a life-ending illness with two young kids and a husband and so much ahead for us and our family. But yet she stared down death and said, I'm going to live above this. I remember about two months before she passed, coming home one day and mum was on the piano and she was singing a worship song with tears streaming down her face, worshipping Jesus. And I still remember it to this day. And really why I remember it is there was such a heavy sense of the presence of God throughout the house. And I just came home and even as an 11-year-old, I stepped through the door and I was like, I don't know what this is, but something is happening here. And I could hear mom and I walked into the room and I could see the tears falling down her face as she was just worshipping Jesus. And I thought to myself, that is someone right there that the problem has not changed. The problem is still speaking to her. The problem is still surrounding her. But she's saying, you know what? I'm going to get above this. I'm going to get above this in my spirit. I have a home in heaven. I'm going to get above this. I'm going to declare over my family. And she'd have this thing. She'd say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And she said, I'm going to get above this. I'm going to speak positivity into my family. I'm going to get above this. I'm going to show an example of faith. And you know what that showed me? That is how to live by faith. I'll never forget my mom and the way that she processed all through that because she just continually chose faith. She just continually chose to live above that. And, and I thank God for it because she didn't live with fear, she lived with faith. And I'm sure she had moments of doubt and fear and concern and worry about the future. But I just love her spirit to live by faith. And I wanted to encourage you today with that because I feel like it echoes on into our generation today. You've never met my mum, but her story has now met you. That she lived by faith. 
And I want to encourage us today. Yeah, the problems may speak to you. The Goliaths may yell at you across the field. They may declare doom over you. But can I just say this? You're a victor in Christ. Can I just remind you, you've got a home in heaven. Can I just remind you that any obstacle that you face right now on earth will one day bow the knee to Jesus. You live above it. Live above it in your spirit. Live above the obstacles of this world. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have what? Overcome the world. We're going to live over. We're going to live above the obstacles and the challenges and the things that we go through in this world. I love in James 2 verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Let's be people of faith, believing God, not, not containers stuck in our problem, but carriers of faith, bringing it into our situation. The third and final thing this morning is this, faith carriers walk in obedience. It says here, so I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up picked up his mat and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and they praised God exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Do you know what's incredible about this last part of this passage is that this miracle could well not have happened if this man didn't choose to actually stand up, pick up his mat and to walk. He could have lived under this situation. He could have lived thanking God for the miracle of, of, of salvation and forgiveness of sins, but not having enough faith to believe that he could do that first stand up. Could you imagine that moment? In that first bit where he starts to put weight on his legs for the first time. After many years of not being able to do it, and here he is in this moment for the first time, there's no muscle memory to go on. But to actually put weight on these legs, we read it, we're like, oh, that's great, he got up. But how much faith did it take to believe that? <laughs> See, we think about walking in obedience, like we're like, this is what walking in obedience looks like. <laughs> that's what we think it looks like. We're a supermodel on a catwalk. Do you know what walking in obedience looks like? What Peter did on the water. It looks like, I don't know whether this is going to work. I don't know whether this person's going to laugh at me when I say this. I don't know whether I should put myself out there and we just take that step anyway. It doesn't look like it's confidence. It doesn't look like it's a sure thing because faith is not a surety it's confidence in the fact that God could do it, but it's not a sure thing. And that's why it's called faith. People can react the wrong way. People can do the wrong thing. People can respond in a way we don't expect. Things maybe don't work out like we expect. That's why faith is always done like this. And Peter, he fell. And everyone reminds him of the fact that he fell. And I'm sure in, in heaven, he's going to be walking around saying, yeah, I did fall. But guess what? None of you guys walked on water. That'd be the first preach that I did if I was Peter in heaven. I walked on water. Have you? Point one. 
And I think it's a reminder to us that faith isn't not being vulnerable. Faith isn't having it all together. Faith isn't being perfect. Faith isn't this beautiful thing where, you know, your pastors and your leaders, they just walk out into the world. It's just so much easier for them. They're just doing their supermodel catwalk everywhere. Obedience to Christ, so good. It's just as hard as it is for me as it is for you. And we all struggle and we all fall and we all fail and we all mess up and we all mess the words up and get things wrong and and believe things wrong and get caught in negativity and doubt and find ourselves at time in this container. And today, I'm just asking you to start to, to rip off some of those labels, to start to rip off some of those things that have held you back, to start to take off some of the things that the enemy started to wrap himself around your life and tried to restrict you and constrict you and start to release the container and say, no, no, there's something to get out. I'm sick of being contained. I'm sick of being held back. That there is a faith on the inside that I'm meant to carry, that I'm meant to release, that I'm meant to experience, that I'm meant to believe, that I'm meant to share towards other people. That's what God has called you to do, to walk by faith. If the team want to come and join me this morning. You know, the Bible says, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I don't know whether you've ever been in a fight before, but there's really no such thing as a contained fight. (laughs) It's not contained. (laughs) No one's like, allowing a fight to take place in the classroom and the teacher's like, it's okay, it's just contained. It's uncontained. And I love the wording here. It's this fight of faith. We're we're not restricted. We're moving forward. We're taking the weapons that God has given us, the weapons of the Word of God, faith, belief, the breastplate of righteousness, We're taking our shield of faith. We're stepping out, sword of the Spirit. We're walking forward into this world with a sense of the fact that we are not contained or held back by the limits and bounds of this world, but we can get above it. We can see beyond it. We can believe for more. There's vision ahead. There's faith. The problems, the obstacles are told to be removed in the name of Jesus, that we would walk forward. The Red Sea was a problem until God got involved. And I'm sure we can think about three problems right now in our life that feel like the Red Sea. But when Jesus gets involved, it's got to bow the knee. When Jesus gets involved, even if that problem's still there, you get above it. When Jesus gets involved, it doesn't take your view any longer. You see above it. Start to get that eagle eye again. Start to believe again. I'm not going to be contained or held back in Jesus' name. I'm going to get beyond it. Not a faith that's contained, but a faith that carries out into our world the message of the gospel that we are called to have. So would you stand with me this morning? And I ask you today in the next two minutes, and just come quickly, and this won't be long, but if you want to get out of the container this morning, I'm just going to ask you to get out of your seat to come forward, to come onto the front this morning and just 
come and lift your hands in the front. We're going to do a worship song for a moment. I'm going to pray over you, and then we're going to release and end the service. We're not going to be long. But I want to actually have a release, an impartation this morning. Uh, a get out of the box, a put action to our faith this morning, a, a belief that actually has action to it, a, a see your faith moment. And if that's you this morning, in this moment right now, I'm going to ask you to come. Why don't you come and say, hey, I want to get out of the container. Anywhere where I feel like I'm wrapped up or I'm held back, I want to get out of it this morning. I want to be a faith carrier. I want to release the, the Word of God, the promises of God through me. I want to ask you to come. Why don't you come right now as we sing this song. Come down the front.